Hello and welcome to Zero Points Articulated, a podcast about family. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I'm Rob. I'm Brendan. And I'm Eric. So, honestly, before digging into the season, I just want to brag a little bit about a thing. Me and Pat, we're going to go pick up uh, Eric some uh, pot belly. <laughs> oh no. Because we wanted some Subway. And your highness needed pot belly. Yeah. And, and we obliged. So I was like, <laughs> we got some time on the road. And instead of putting on music, I just decided on a whim to put on the first episode of Night Vale. That was a week and a half ago. And now Pat, I think, is at like episode 30. And every time I see him, he curses me. <laughs> yeah, Pat keeps pretending he is a devoracious eater like I am. But I, I know secretly, deep down, he likes to get his teeth sunk into a good series. Questioning the fact that it needed to be pot belly. The, 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 the yeah. subway's right there. Ew. Why would I eat Subway? <laughs> it's like one of the few major chain restaurants in Justice. Okay, but, okay, to be fair, that Subway, and I want this to be the official stance of the podcast, that Subway is the worst Subway on the face <laughs> of this fucking earth. They they always the get worst. every order wrong. At every order, I order the same thing, and somehow I get a different sandwich every time. It's literally <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when your staff is a revolving door because you're a shitty business owner. Yep. <laughs> like, did you know that gas station has to change its name, like, every couple of years because they keep selling, like, alcohol and cigarettes to minors and getting their businesses revoked? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I live, I lived, like, two feet away from the gas station for. Ah, for so you years. were the one buying alcohol for the kids. <laughs> Thank you, Justice. Well, like, okay, so I know we have a bunch of things that we gotta talk about, but there is a couple shows this season I wanna talk about and just kinda dunk on you guys for not watching it. <laughs> the first of which is Birdie Wing. Gundam Twitter's all over that, for the obvious reasons. And, and I watched like two or three episodes with uh, you and Pat, I know full well what I'm missing out on. It's like, man, we really, we really... Drop the ball on that. Okay, so I could probably lay out what that entire show is, and not a single one of you would actually believe me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do it then. So the first eight episodes are a mafia crime drama in which everything is resolved based on betting on golf games. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even mad. <laughs> And, you know, that, that's, that's the tame version. People die in this arc. This is a sports anime. People die. Like, honestly, they go all for it. I, I find out, uh, from Pat, uh, one day, and he's like, so Eric, the golf anime, they found the perfect caddy, and that was the next upgrade, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the first eight episodes was this crazy arc thing, and we're just like, wait, this is gonna still go. So now we're, now we're in Japan, cause, you know, we were in not Japan before. So, because the mafia kind of wants to kill our main character, Eve, she r skips town and moves to Japan to meet up with her not girlfriend to beat her in golf finally, and ends up getting conned into joining <laughs> this school's golf team. <laughs> Because there's a whole, like, corporate conspiracy about, like, promoting things. And honestly, I'm just expecting the next really weird turn out of this anime. And I feel like I've let you all down by not holding a gun to your head and making you watch it. 
I mean, you're also forgetting the, w- the one part of, of that anime that I know about. Oh, you mean um, Char and Amuro are both in this series. It's Amuro, Rhea, and Leon. Which, it's great that it's not a Char name, because the man changes his name as much as he changes his clothes, so you don't want it to be too on the nose. <laughs> as, as voiced by Toru Furia and Shuichi Akita. Yep. Thank you, Bandai. If you guys want to watch something insane, please watch Birdie Wing. I mean, I would say it's the best show this season, but that's a lie, because like every other show is the best show this season. <laughs> it's just while you're watching it, it's the best show. And then uh, me and Eric are um, still watching Tomodachi Game. And man, that, that series is a tire fire, but it is a fun tire fire. Yeah, I... Um... Main character threw someone off a cliff, and that was part of his plan. <laughs> it's like, I know these people will rescue her because they're soft on... And, and she enjoyed it. She's just like, This wow, motherfucker threw me off a this, cliff! He's this, crazy! This <laughs> motherfucker would throw me off the cliff to succeed in his plan. And it worked. And it worked. And it's like, man, Tomodachi game, I wasn't expecting what I witnessed with my own eyes. But there, there are so many layers to how shitty every single last person is in this series. It's another series that definitely just fucking goes for it. Like, when they were writing this manga, someone was been, what's something fucked up? Um prostitution okay we're running with it what's another thing that's fucked up uh someone's dad getting murdered okay fucking run with it <laughs> let's fucking go so so it has a sort of peep show-esque impulse to think of what the worst possible thing that could happen at a given moment and go for it except you know in a horrifying sort of way rather than a comedic one Man, I would love to see the cast on Peep Show and Tomodachi Game. Oh no. <laughs> I can only imagine how quick Super Hans would either get fucking wrecked or just get so far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm just imagining Jess doing something horrible to Mark and then just going like, the two bros right again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Rob, Rob, you, you didn't do it. Of course I'm not going to do it. That is fucking cursed. (laughs) Rob, you you know you have to do it for me. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) So, speaking about things that are about really touching friendships and uh, high-stakes machinations, Kaguya! (laughs) Honestly, the first thing I want to bring up about Kaguya is... I know if you go back in time and listen to other versions of this podcast, and we talked about earlier seasons of this series, I mentioned there's something magical about how the mangaka keeps in mind what arcs will be animated that season, and has co-current things that call back to each other working with what's currently airing in the anime. And this season has really blown me away with how it's worked with that. Man... The, the the title shot of Kaguya wants to be confessed to that we got in one of the more recent manga chapters is just next fucking level. <laughs> and everything that it built up to, like, the grounds for all of it was laid out in these current arcs. And I just, I honestly, I just want to say kudos, because it really is like a multimedia experience in a lot of ways. 
there's a pretty good chance this manga's going to be over in like a chapter or two. I mean, it's been leading up that way that it could end. Uh, speaking to where the manga, where the anime actually is, <laughs> like, I feel like the arcs before this, you start to see that this series is going to have a more serious turn. But this is definitely the last time where things are the old Kaguya. Because, <laughs> like, after this, like, after what happens, the confession of Shiragane really marks the part B of this series. Major turning point in the series in terms of tone and in terms of, you know... Because things are out in the open now, and now we're dealing with people's actual emotions without a whole lot of pretext. And so many real-life issues. They, they, they come right in after Kaguya gets confessed to. And we, we are already getting, um like some slight hints about Shiragane's not going to be in Japan all that much longer. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most recently aired episode as of Gordon, you get the very thudding end of the episode where it's like, it was basically the closest thing to an actual hit that, that they've actually done without all the pretext and gamesmanship and like all the nonsense they've been doing. And it gets to the end of the date and basically gets her back into the club room and he has the acceptance letter from Sanford, and he's telling her, yeah, I'm not going to be here for much longer. This is my last cultural festival. It's a somber moment. Beep, beep. It's real life. <laughs> <laughs> real life's at the door, motherfuckers. <laughs> Anime Janai. And you just get so many more moments like that after Kage gets confessed to. I agree with you, Rob. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next season. The, this season was a... A pretense of sorts for what's coming in uh, in the next season of the anime. Because honestly, I think like the closest the series gets to full on despair mode is actually the next arc. Yeah, like there are moments where, if, man, if people didn't actually talk to each other, everything could fall apart. Because like it, it's so <laughs> tense. The Christmas arc can be a bummer at times. Oh yeah. yeah. And Ishigami will continue to have literally the best arcs. Yeah, you got a lot to look forward to. I mean, personally, in my opinion, I don't know if we're going to, like, bother to, like, full-on review Kaguya the next season. Like, we'll probably touch base on it. But, like, at a certain point, the anime is good. It's going to continue to be what it is. <laughs> like, I, I find myself having a harder time, like, coming up with actual insightful things to say about it, because... People know I love this show. And, and we keep saying the same things where it's a very faithful recreation of the of how great the manga is. Well, hey, you have more to say than uh, Anime News Network had this season. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Anime News Network can literally eat my ass. So wh whoever they handed the reviews this season to, it's been, like, actually pathetic on the Kaguya side. Their recaps have been... You know, instead of being like your usual, like, you know, five to eight hundred word, uh, recap, they have someone who does two very poorly written paragraphs that don't even summarize the plot of the episode. Ah, the, the, the anime con panel special. <laughs> oh no. It was, it is some of the most, like, Aesthetic, like, entertainment <laughs> journalism I've basically ever seen. I, Brendan, I you said that sentence wrong. Pathetic. 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 Okay, so I'll try it again. I'm so bad at unison. I'll, I'll try it again. Pathetic. <laughs> I feel like this segment's worth leaving in just. 
Thank you, Anime News Network. I mean, it just reminds me of that Garo fan panel. <laughs> they were so bad, they made me want to aspire to do more creative things to dunk on them. Wasn't there, like, one review where Anime News Network for Kaguya was like, yeah, it's another episode of Kaguya or, or something like that? No, all of them are basically like that, where it's, again, two paragraphs that have all really surface-level kind of odd analysis and no <laughs> plot summary. It, you can barely even call it a recap. Alright. So I think the big mistake in this is that you're reading Anime News Network. That is fair. That That's my big takeaway Yeah, they here. died a while ago, man. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Is I still pay attention to what other people are saying. I mean, that's I'm... cool, but why Anime News Network? <laughs> Look, 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 entertainment journalism in the anime field has a really, really low bar. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, sometimes you want to look at a very nice-looking trash fire. My favorite is, like, in, in entertainment reviews is people who, like, clearly, like, are just looking for clicks, and they'll say something. And you remember Turtle? Yeah. Magic oh, Turtle? Yeah, So, one of the hilarious things that I see, like, every other day is... Sometimes I'm just scrolling through, and then there's, like, this really incinerary, like, post about a new Star Wars episode or something, where it's like, fans are in a riot, or super disappointed because X. And then his only comment, and I see it, like, every day, is, no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, fans hate X. No, we don't. (laughs) Just stop telling uh, us what we think. And now that I've crawled out from the depths of hell in order to be on this podcast, let's talk about Spy X Family. Or, as I would put it another way, um, sometimes in sports anime, uh, you lose uh, after you come up with a really cool anime name to your dodgeball shot. Man, Spy X Family... It's such a nice series. It is the most charming series this season. Every every time I sit down at my desk and I log into Crunchyroll again and I put on Spy X Family, I, I can't help myself from laughing at all of the jokes. I can't stop from just sitting back and being like, this is a really nice series to just sit back, watch and enjoy myself for 30 minutes a week. Yeah. It is an insult that I did not read the manga. <laughs> Man, things you'll be saying once Chainsaw Man airs for 100. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, we're starting to get to, like, some of the iconic stuff. Like, we got the shot, guys. Uh, yeah, we, we uh... We got the smile. Yeah, we got the smile. Um, We got a shot of the of their dog that I hear is hype as hell. <laughs> Soon. Yeah, soon. soon. I've also been here, because I've kind of, like, fell behind on the manga a bit, but I've I've also heard that the manga is, like, getting kind of insane right now. Well, we have our, our resident Spy X family reader. I'm not the resident Spy I don't read manga. Oh, that's true. You, <laughs> well, you... That, that's not technically true. <laughs> Every once in a while, the stars align, and you'll read manga for, like, a month, and you'll yeah. read more than anybody I know. <laughs> they'll just blaze through series. And then you'll be like, Reading. Never again. Never again. <laughs> I'm done with you. Spike's family is so unpeachable, aside from one 
arc that I'm like, I, I wish Spike's family was above, which is Yuri. I think there's no other medium in which character who who is weirdly romantically interested in his sister is an acceptable character archetype. Thank you, anime. Thank well, you, Brendan, anime. Well, Brendan, we know we couldn't watch a show like this without you. You'd be so upset if we left you behind. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Man, I mean... But yeah. hey, that arc was nice because that entire episode he was getting dunked on every single second. <laughs> I I don't know about you, but I I laugh my ass off on that arc. <laughs> oh no, I mean it's funny. It's funny. It's also you know weird. <laughs> it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like when I showed Amy um, Royal Ten Bombs, which I think is maybe Wes Anderson's best movie. There's there's just this part of the movie. <laughs> I know it's, it, it's, it, it's it was like, it was a nice movie. Yeah. I mean, best movie aside from French Dispatch in this one. Oh, uh, French Dispatch. Mm. Okay, okay, um, the thing about Royal Tenenbaums is you have to navigate around the fact that in this movie there's a character who wants to fuck his adopted sister, which is still fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like one of those things where it's like when you're pitching things to people, eventually they're going to get to this episode and they're like. Oh, I've been really liking the show. And then, why does the guy want to fuck his sister? <laughs> I don't know that he necessarily wants to royal Tenenbaums the situation. He's just has a a Japanese written character who was raised by his sister. Yeah, that's a very very good way of putting it. I mean, there's different levels of siscon, but they're all siscon. Yeah, that 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 is true. Like we're coming from this from a cultural perspective where it's like. Any amount of siscon is kind of fucking weird. No, I, I mean you can just say is weird. We don't have to say kinda. We're we're, we're in safe company here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just straight fucking weird. Hot 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 take incoming. Hot take incoming. <laughs> Brendan thinks it's kind of weird. Because <laughs> it's only kind of weird to have it uh, romantic feelings for your sister. But even that, it's like he's he's a clown. Yuri's a clown. Yeah. Like, the fact that he's this kind of character, everyone dunks on him. Literally everyone dunks on him. It just, it's the fact that it's an, even an anime archetype that doesn't immediately get you laughed out of the room is all, always still going to be just, it is going to be a small tonitus bolt in Spy X Family's uh, <laughs> record. Did I hear Damn, you use... Family reference? <laughs> Did I hear you use the word die in that dodgeball game? <laughs> but, like, on the other hand, dodgeball. Like, there are things that happen in Spy X Family that are just so unbelievably funny that you can't find anywhere else. Like... The hulking behemoth of a six-year-old who I am genuinely interested in knowing how much of a boulder of a man that man becomes when he's like, it's puberty. He's secretly the final boss of the series. Like, you see, like his, like the flashback with his father, where it's like his father's there. You will become the like become the future of the nation, and he's like, he's like, like an actual five-year-old. Daddy! <laughs> In the deep-ass voice he has. <laughs> oh, thank you, Spy X family. I mean, if you're like one of those jaded anime fans that still for some reason listens to anime podcasts, 
and you're just like, man, everything is shit nowadays. It's safe. You can come out of your cave now. Watch Spy X Family. You'll have a good time. Oh, you'll have a great time. <laughs> the water's fine. <laughs> the water is fine. You know, it's unimpeachable. Aside from one tiny thing. It's unimpeachable except for the thing you can impeach it on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but, but as, as you know, history has shown, if you can, if you can give a reason not to be impeached, you won't be. <laughs> Thanks, America. Thanks, America. <laughs> anyway, we should be thanking China for giving us the Romance of the Three Kingdoms and Rob's favorite game series, Dynasty Warriors. I'm going to say this right now. Watching Kong Ming is more satisfying gameplay than playing any Dynasty Warriors game. It gives you the deep lore on <laughs> Kong Ming. <laughs> the deep lore that you clearly need for this for this series where... At the big, like the first thirty seconds of every episode, it tells you about the battle tactic that's going to happen. Man, we got to be careful though, because we can be talking about this anime, or I could just dunk on Dynasty Warriors for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Okay, okay. Choose your next words wisely. <laughs> but but seriously though, like I know we talked a little bit about shows that just kind of go for it. Kong Ming really does go for it in so many different ways. It's such a sweet, emotional show about, like, young adults finding themselves in a complex world where sometimes there isn't necessarily a correct answer. I it's wanna... just the answers that are correct for you. I, I, I really enjoy uh, how capitalism was shown to just suck all of the, like, life out of music. <laughs> Oh, man, immediately when I saw the producer and he's like, yeah, forget everything you like, all the passion and everything you had for music. That's not selling. You just need to wear that and listen to me and I'll bring you places. And, and it brought them places. He's not even really an antagonistic force either because he's also a victim to like the whole process of music. He's even alluded like, you know, I learned the hard way. You can't make it in the music world believing in your own music. He's yeah. also even a foil to Koming. Like, he is someone who is, like, he actually really wants these girls, the girls in Azalea, the rival band, to succeed. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to survive doing this thing you love, but I can make you scar stars. I can give you this dome. I think you deserve this. And, like, at the end, he's like, he makes it clear. He thought these girls deserved it which is why he was going to impart them his very bad wisdom about how to sell your soul to become a, you know, a successful musician. I love I love storylines where like people are just fighting the mirrored image. As long as it's, you know, creative and not just like I like saving people and I like not saving people. We should fight. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is like conceptually two people who want to see the people that they like believe in succeed and are doing everything they can in their power to make it happen and you know you really you really feel that like kung ming is something special here because he's doing all of this while making sure not to betray any of the values that the people he's um doing this for even if he does have the bloodthirsty plan in his back pocket he has the alienation plan ready throw at uh her friend but gives some time for her main girl's like song to actually work and 
like finish the win the day. Yeah. Also, I just I just gotta say I I am glad I finally understand what a particular magic card uh, was referencing. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> You know, back during Masters 25, um, they included uh, a particular Portal Free Kingdoms card spell called Borrowing 100,000 Arrows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, as soon as I saw, like, the title for, like, the second, the penultimate ap- episode, where it's like, Borrowing Arrows with Batch Boats, I was just, like, surprised Elmo. <laughs> Man, leave it to you to... <laughs> see that title and immediately be like, oh, now I understand what that magic card means. <laughs> I also now understand what three visits meant as well. God, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, th- thanks, thanks, Coming, for, for teaching me cultural stuff that I didn't recognize before. <laughs> That's the funny thing about Conmain. It's able to, to weave, you know, the story of Conmain so well into... This series of young adults finding their footing in the music industry. We even get an arc where it's like, yeah, you're, that you haven't found your voice yet. Come back to me when you've found your voice. <laughs> and she's like, what does that mean? And then the lesson is eventually like, yeah, you're not singing from the heart. Like you came up with these lyrics and everything because you thought they'd be cool, but like these lyrics aren't your own. Why do you sing? You know, yeah. if you if you ever doubt yourself, ask your blade, who do you fight for? Oh, thank you, Garo. <laughs> Garo is never not the answer to life's problems. <laughs> but I think ultimately, like, the thing that convinced me that this was maybe the best anime this season, which I, I, I'm kind of putting my, my foot down and saying, <laughs> yeah, I think Coming was maybe the best anime this season. Oh, we'll get to that later. Well, does anybody um, disagree? I mean, I really like Spy X Family, but... Shum the non-believer. Calm Main is also really good. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, aesthetically, I think Spikes Family is the better show. But I think combing just the whole package, the way the, the way it hits your heart. Like, particularly the scene where she finally found her voice and was singing to the Azalea lead singer on the roof. And it was like, that actually, it did did the thing it was supposed to do. And I... I felt something really deep and powerful in that scene. Yeah. I, I was crying just like Coming was after he revealed himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have to I have to speak to the animation of that scene. It's done so masterfully to have that feeling just be invoked within you. Yeah. It was pretty early on where it's just like I wasn't sure how the animation would go, but like when it really counted, like it came out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where it does have that fist of the North Star quality. Yeah. Where... I was literally about to point that out. Yeah, where... Where, where they plot all the stops and murder all the animators that they can to get this one scene done. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, there's some, like, surrounding stuff that, like, in the episodes surrounding those parts where it's like, oh, yeah, they clearly cheaped on this episode. But that's because they were saving their budget for the parts that mattered. But, I mean... I, I hate to point it out, though, that it wasn't quite like Fist of the North Star, because every time the animation got good, someone didn't die. <laughs> Man, watching Fist of the North Star, wait, why does this scene look really good? Oh no, one of my boys are about to die! <laughs> Who's about to die? No! 
Also, I'm going to call it right now, best boy of this series is Sekitoba Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) That dude just wanted to see his rap son stand on the stage again. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, yep, I don't even care. You've won. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, yo, it's the end of the rap battle. Cheer for who you think was best. And then he just walks up, lifts lifts the arm, and is like, peace out. (laughs) So we got one more show to talk about today. And it's a show that you've that, been dying th- that to I've introduce. Been, that I've been dying to talk about, and that I'm definitely 100% caught up on. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, uh-huh. we're talking about Showcase Shoujo, you know. What, what happened the last episode, Rob? Care um, to uh, tell us to the class? So, one of the things that happened was there were these really dark fantasy tropes, uh-huh. and there was a couple of really gay moments, uh-huh. and someone died... And then didn't die. Okay, but I, 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 hate, I hate to tell you that there was more than a couple. But, okay, tell me how right I was. <laughs> I mean, you weren't that off the mark, and uh, I, 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 I can't quite argue with your, your solid logic there, Rob. So I, I see that you were indeed caught up with the series. I'm, I think I know everything that I need to know about this show. <laughs> a show whose only real sin is being good in the middle of a season with a bunch of great shows. <laughs> I, I, I think Brendan put it best before the podcast where it was good with a lowercase g. There's also just, like, the clearly adapted from a light novel um, bit. Yeah. Uh, where it's, like, the first the first half of it was light novel one. and the Introduction, second, and then the second one is... Light novel two. And, yeah. And, yeah, there, there's some aspects of that. Like, okay, so there's some variation on the themes. Um, Kari doesn't know everything that's going to happen because, spoiler alert, there's so many variances happening right now. What the fuck is going on? But, you know, it still has the same exact structure as, like, the first bit. And, yes, it opens up to more stuff happening. It gives our protagonist a clear next direction to go. But it's still just the second light novel. <laughs> yeah, I... In my, in my honest opinion, I feel I would recommend this series to anyone that really likes the concept of ReZero, but wants to see a a different spin on the universe and the fundamentals of that universe, as well as, like, hitting on somewhat different tones. I feel like the series is inherently more pessimistic than ReZero, because, like, you know, Subaru suffers a lot in ReZero, but, like, eventually he gets to the point where he realizes he's been doing everything wrong, and he hasn't been valuing his whole life, and it's been hurting everyone around him. And this is a series that can probably only end in, like, one of two ways. And no one is ultimately going to be happy about either one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one of the last scenes of this season is setting up what is clearly a a murder-suicide love triangle. Yeah. Like, so, obviously, uh, main uh, Isekai, uh, not Homura, wants (laughs) wants Meino to kill her. Menu, of course, it's her duty. She has to uh, kill Akiri, but we all know that from previous recursions that she eventually gives up that dream. Yep. Uh, and then it sets up that Momo is like, you know what? I can't make her do this. Her actually killing this person is going to destroy her. So it's now my job to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, uh, I, I do love love triangles. <laughs> love triangles. Who's going to murder who, huh? But not just any love triangle. A Yuri love triangle. It, it like... takes the form of a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is ReZero if you just threw Homura in the place of Subaru. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. Um, but... Yeah, there's there's cool there's cool stuff. Like, oh, there's so many cool elements. I this actually had a, had two had not just one cool villain, but two. The second villain was creepy as a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the introduction of fourth. That was the the second arc. I, I kept seeing so much potential in the story that they were telling for like the first six episodes, where it's like. You could do a lot with this type of a universe and the fundamentals that they're setting up. I want to see something out of this. And in in the second arc, we uh, we have a a villain that in all previous iterations of um of the story uh, was never actually a villain until this moment. And oh, is she a great villain? <laughs> I feel like that's kind of wild to pull out. So early, because I, f- I feel like that should be a card you use later in the series. After you've milked uh, the, the uh, unawareness of the uh, main characters a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, the end of arc one, you know, puts the, you know, the cards on the table about, like, Akiri's actual deal. To sort of break up the structure of it, it's like, okay, what are you doing next? Aside from just, they go to a place, it's not what it seems... And then they have to fight, uh, fight something that they're, that's out of their league, and they still win. That's what happened in arc one. Um, this is still effectively what happens here. <laughs> in arc two, yeah. You're, you're describing like every light novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is a light novel, but it sort of breaks into this whole, like, okay, so what's the danger of this time looping? Oh, well, you've started to break the fabric of, of reality, so one of the great eldritch beings of this world has honestly broken free, partially broken free from her cage, is basically deciding to put on her own own monster movie. It does some really creepy shit, and sort of makes it clear, like, hey, you know, if Kiri keeps doing this, eventually she's going to become like us. She's going to become lose all of her memories and become a pure concept. And as a result of that, then she will just be a monster who you have to contain this is why you actually need to kill her. Somehow more pessimistic than ReZero. <laughs> it's impressive, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's an inherently bad thing, but I feel there's still a, tor- a story to tell. Uh, all in all, I give it a very solid rating of with Brendan of, uh, of good with a lowercase g. Uh, I would recommend it to some people, but I would not recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Maybe just show them the train fight. Yeah, that is a that is a cool fight. Oh, yeah. Also, the 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 second arc. I mean, the climax is pretty good. Yeah, the climax is pretty good. Like, you you wouldn't necessarily need to have context for that either. Yeah, secret main villain has some some of the greatest creepy images of like she dies and then like a ten year old girl. Gets gets murdered, then she comes out of herself, and you know is still just talking cheerily about about, about the murder shit. that she's going to do to you. Fucking oh. talking so much shit. Oh man! So it's like men. Yeah, except it's like men, except you have someone who's like talking about like murdering you 
with creatures that she's basically, as if she's pulling things out of a monster manual. I'm going to hit you with a solid, that's crazy. It is pretty it crazy. Was, it was a pretty crazy arc. Honestly, I, I feel like that kind of wraps up this season in a nice little bow. Honestly, I really enjoyed talking about this season. It was a lot of fun to dig into. And, you know, for the first time in a while, it wasn't a struggle to find, like, four anime to watch. <laughs> In fact, we had an embarrassment of riches, some of which we had to uh, lay our feet here. Yeah, I mean, that's hopefully good things coming for the industry. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Fingers crossed. It's like, now all we need is Studio Mappa to treat their employees like actual human beings, and I could feel good about liking their shows again. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, 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 Rob. All you have to do is just rely on Mappa. Like the famous science fiction story, The One Who Walks Away from Amelos. You have Utopia. Just... You have to ignore the child that's being tortured in the corner. Alright, this has been Zero Points Articulated. You can send us an email at zeropointsarticulated at gmail.com and you can follow us on the web at zeropointsarticulated.com We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back next week with more content. Articulated is distributed by Anchor, audio engineering, and co-directed by James Morales, produced and co-directed by Robert Marchant, episode composition and editing by Amy Lepresti, and along with the usual suspects and contributors, Brendan Buck and Eric Deline.